This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 124. This is episode number three in a four-part series about grief. In today's episode, we are talking about the loss of a marriage. When you stand at the altar and say, I do, you expect to live happily ever after until death do us part. You never really plan to be divorced. So how do you deal with the grief of losing a marriage when it was something that you thought would never happen to you? Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Today's episode is our monthly collaboration between the Wife Wisdom Podcast and My Tilted Crown Productions. We come together once a month to focus on, encourage, support, and champion women who may be separated or divorced right now, but still have a desire to be married. So let me tell you a little bit about Nicole Clough and how My Tilted Crown came about. Nicole was married and had three children. Life was pretty normal until... 14 years later, one day, her husband didn't want to be married anymore. She was devastated. She had never planned for this. She found herself as a single mom of three teenagers. But in true fashion, she turned lemons into lemonade and created My Tilted Crown Productions as an encouragement to women whose crown had been tilted by life's unforeseen circumstances, but it didn't change the powerful woman within. Because you are not married does not mean that you don't have or can't cultivate the heart of a wife. So thank you for joining me for today's episode with founder and CEO of My Tilted Crown Productions, Nicole Clough. I wanted to do a series of episodes on grief. Just a few weeks ago, I lost my dad to cancer and I didn't want to stay quiet about it. My dad is a public figure. He was a professional football hall of famer and I am his legacy and wanted to be bold enough to talk about grief, the grace of it, the beauty of it, the pain of it, the the discomfort, the heart brokenness of it. But as a way to encourage, really believing that having the conversation about our losses, that it will, it will encourage those of us who are going through grief to not be afraid of it, to not try to avoid it, not stuff it, not be in denial about it, but really embrace all aspects of it, the high, the low, the up, the down, 
and know that it's just part of our personal journey. And that on the other side of it, the desire, the goal is to really get to a place of healing, where we can truly heal as a result of the loss and, and not allow the loss to just overtake us overtake our, our hearts, our minds, our souls, our lives, and, and really bring so much more damage than it, it it needs to. So this is part of that series. And today, we are talking about the loss of a marriage with my Tilted Crown founder and CEO, Nicole Clef. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. It is a blessing to be back. And thank you so much. I'm excited about our monthly uh, collaboration. I think it's totally um, God uh, initiated. And uh, yeah, I'm so thankful to be here. So thank you for asking to me to talk about grief. Mm -hmm. It's a heavy one. It is. It is. And so, um, you know, let's just start the conversation about Um, Let's give a little bit of background so people know um, kind of a snippet of your story of how you didn't want to get married, right? And you never thought, you know, you weren't one of those who were like me, like I knew I wanted to be married at 12. (laughs) And it made my parents very nervous because I talked about it all the time. And, you know, but you, you did get married and you were, um, and so let's just talk about that. So go ahead and I'll let you jump in. Okay, so let me first dive in. So I wanna, I wanna clear the air on this part. You know, I wasn't, yes, you're right. I wasn't that one like, oh my gosh, I gotta get married, I wanna have kids and blah, blah, blah. You know, that was not me, but loving me some men, let me tell you, <laughs> that was me all day, twice on Sunday. So I wanna set that record straight that I love relationship, love the idea of love and was totally, totally into that. But as far as marriage goes, um, As a believer, I think it's a pathway that's put in front of you as a Christian that especially let's just get to the real deal. If you're going to be intimate or sexual with anybody, it's going to have to be your spouse. That was Mm -hmm. like the main thing. You know, you need to be married if you're going to be out there having sex. And so I wasn't having sex and I wasn't married. (laughs) So (laughs) I was in. Um, However, you know, as a woman of God, I, I think for me, it was that desire to please the Lord. And just because I wasn't having sex didn't mean that I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think my desire to please God continually allowed me to get to that place of wanting to be married. And going to Bible school, that is like the thing to do. You go to Bible college, you find your husband, you get married and life is fine and grand. And you go into ministry and oh, yes. you know, that's life. But it didn't happen that way for me. And so... Um, I knew early on that God showed someone to me um, that who would be my spouse. And at the time, he was not even remotely interested in me. Long story short, our lives continued to intersect. We were really good friends and we ended up dating, um, I guess, almost 14 years after the Lord had given me a word about this particular person. And so we get married, you know, wonderful, amazing engagement, um, amazing, you know, wedding and the whole nine. And 
I don't think you have in your mind that your life is going to look different, you know, at any given time. I think you almost, in some ways, people get on automatic pilots like, yay, I'm married, I've got my spouse now. And, Ooh, you know, it's like married, but you sometimes we just don't stay focused and sober and vigilant and able to really see that it's not just about the wedding day, but it's about the longevity of the relationship and what you did in the beginning of your relationship is not going to sustain you for the long haul. So you, you really have to be mindful um, of love, relationship, interaction, the whole nine. And so um, we were married. We had kids right away. So even though we were really good friends and we knew each other for years, uh, we got married, got pregnant, bought a house, moved away. I mean, just everything just happened really, 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 really fast. Um, and so you know, our lives were, were, were great for a while. Not that it didn't come with challenges and issues. My husband traveled a lot. He was military and he was government. And so we spent a lot of time apart. And, you know, in that, I think it, it puts even more of a strain on your marriage when you don't have that time to get settled and then build a life together when it's in and he's in and out and in and out and in and out. I left my job, I'm home with our, our children. And uh, life just just started looking very, very different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. And then um, how long were you married before um, the process of divorce or you knew that that's where you were headed? We were married for nine years. Okay. And at that nine year mark, it, 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 it came on the heels of a very devastating loss. Okay, so since we're talking about grief, I believe that grief was the initiator of even this next phase of mm -hmm. our marriage. Um, my husband lost, you know, his grandmother and just an interesting story, you know, both of us had very strong relationships with our grandmother and he uh, moved his grandmother down to where we lived and um, and, but he had to still travel and he wasn't there. And the relationship that he had with his grandmother was mirrored mine. I'm, my grandmother and I, we were, that was my ace, boom, boom. You know, she was, I don't even know why we say stuff like that, but she was like my, my, um, she was just my heart. My rose is what I call her. And, uh, the process of losing my grandmother looked very different than the process of him losing his grandmother. Mm. God prepared me, and this will be a whole nother to topic. But God prepared me for my grandmother's death 10 years before it happened. Wow. He made me very cognizant of the fact that I was going on this journey of grief while my grandmother was still alive. Mm -hmm. And so that's a whole nother subject. Mm -hmm. But for him, he lost his grandmother after coming back from like maybe eight, maybe it was like a year away and uh, she got sick. And so I think maybe there was even some, some guilt in there with him and that. And that just started the downward spiral, I believe, in our relationship because he got very introspective, uh, very quiet, very depressed in many mm -hmm. ways. And the loss was great for him. Wow. So nine years and then it all began. Okay. And then, um, you know, last, it was what, a year where, has it been a year now that you've been separated? And, you know, that, when did you start the process of, grieving the loss of your marriage and take us through what that kind of felt like. 
Well, such a great question. You know, grieving for me in our marriage didn't start after we separated. You know, so I think a lot of that process happened the same as it did with my grandmother. I started grieving our marriage while I was still in it mm-hmm. um, because there was no intimacy. There was really no love going on between the two of us. And that way we were friends, like we, we were friends. We, we loved each other on that uh, sort of phileo love, but the Eros type, that type of love wasn't, wasn't present. And so I would at night, I mean, I'd still be in the same bed um, with him and I would just be crying, just hurting because I knew that this was where this was going or where it felt like it was going. And I was, you know, still trusting and believing God, but that loss started during that time. Mm -hmm. And so um, it went on for several years. I mean, I fought because I wanted my family. I wanted my children to have their dad. And um, I allowed myself to, to go through that process um, while I was in it. And so Mm. It was many a day where it was, whether it was anger or frustration or just not even feeling at times. I think there are so many things that I even missed where my kids are concerned because I had no emotional bandwidth to invest Mm -hmm. because I was trying to keep up this facade um, with my girls so that they wouldn't know what was going on or they wouldn't be able to see that Mm -hmm. there was anything. So we, we would put on a show, but on the inside, there was such loss. And, you know, you're, you're daily thinking about the things that, you know, um, may not be, you know, if uh, it turns out that, yeah, we are actually going to get a divorce. So it was, it was tough. It was one of the toughest things I lost weight and just wasn't eating right, you know, just lots of things that go on during that time. Yeah. Um, Have you been able to process the grief um, of, or the loss of your marriage at this point, since you've started grieving kind of before you actually started the separation divorce process. So have you been able to, to kind of look at it from the outside, so to speak, and process what you felt and like the highs and lows? (laughs) Like, I remember you saying that you, you said, oh, wow, the colors in the trees mm-hmm. are so beautiful. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about if you are, have been able to process it? And if so, what, what did you, what was revealed? What did that kind of, that aha piece or that aha moment for you? Great question. Uh, yes, yes, I have been able to process it. Um, we started our separation at the end of 2019, it was May of 2019. And it really started when we had to leave our house in 2019 and we had to move in with a friend. And I think that was probably one of the lowest, toughest, um, almost shameful moments for me because I was like homeless in my mind you know, with my kids and didn't have a, didn't know where I was going to go and what it is I was going to do. And God had just opened the door for me to have this amazing job to get back into the law firm again and to be able to do what it is that I thought I loved and and, and had a a really great ability to do. But even in that, um, you can't even really focus. It's hard to, whenever you're grieving, 
to even really engage in anything that is substantial or anything that is meaningful or anything that is developmental. You know, you, you, it's very hard to really focus in and to level up if you haven't given yourself that time to really grieve and to feel and to sit in that hurt. And I was trying to do those two things at the same time and the devotion wasn't there. Mm -hmm. It was, I was just like, I got to get out the door. I, I got to get home. I got to take care of my kids. And, you know, I'm at work, not really focused, not really engaged the way that I need to be. And that I think is the hardest thing is that you're not present in a lot of the things that you're doing because you're either having those mental movies and you're playing over in your mind things that you've said, things that have gone on, things that happened, wondering if you could have done things different. Um, and you're thinking about all of the things that, all the memories. I mean, I got to the point where I really could not stand to, and I was off Facebook and all that for a while, like memories that would pop up. You know how Facebook would give you those yeah. memories? I could not handle them. I couldn't handle wow. seeing my children's pictures, seeing us together as a family. That was probably some of the hardest things mm. ever. So I was completely absent from Facebook, Instagram, all of that. I wouldn't post anything. I had to disengage from social media because the ache was there. Like, you know, everyone's gushing over their marriages, gushing over their wives, gushing over their husbands and how their families are and they're taking trips. Mm -hmm. And here you are, all those things that you aspire to and you desired are now taken away from you. Mm -hmm. And there's a void and an emptiness there because it really is covenant. It's, it's, it's a God-given connection between you and that person. And uh, because we, we I, because there was really no real, uh, there was anger there, but it wasn't necessarily vocalized anger. Uh -huh. We would we would have our issues, but it wasn't vocalized. I mean, I wasn't you know um, able to just you know say all kinds of stuff out of my <laughs> mouth <laughs> right. to to relieve myself of that yeah. pressure. I really had to talk to God about it and and deal with it through prayer and. You guys know, you know, mm -hmm. you know, your tribe and who's there to really walk you through those, those dark moments. Cause there mm -hmm. were some very dark moments to where you feel, you even feel like you, I felt suicidal at times, mm -hmm. you know, um, because I felt like, you know, God, all of these things that you promised now, where are they? Mm -hmm. You know, all these things that I, I believe that you spoke, what, what, what's going on with that? You know, wh why is it not manifesting? Mm -hmm. And um, I, you just, I just felt in a hopeless place, which mm -hmm. for me is huge because I just, um, I wouldn't, I, in my mind, I would never even go there, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. but it, it comes during that time of loss, especially when you feel like you can't control it. Yes, that is so good. So good. And I think that, you know, you said so, so, so much in, in, in your sharing, because it's like, it, it, the, it's it sometimes, like you said, it's just, it comes in waves, right? And mm -hmm. sometimes mm -hmm. you just can't even, um, what's the word? Breathe. Right. Right. Breathe. Yes. Function. Breathe. And I love what you said about focus. It's so difficult to focus because I'm in the thick of it right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I have to really pause to think and like really focus on what was I going to say 
or what mm-hmm. was I thinking or what was I, what was I going to do? And mm-hmm. it's, you know, what, you know, now that you've gone through, and I think that grieving is something that feels like it, it's continuous. Like I've had so many people reach out and say that they've lost their dad and it was three years ago, 10 years ago, and they still think about their dad every day. And, yeah. and so how, and you may not be able to answer this and I may have to jump in because I've experienced divorce and the grief of that. Um, but I, are you still in the grieving process or are you at a place of knowing where you've healed or are or, or on the other side of grief moving like into the healing section or the healing area <laughs> from, from the, from the divorce? Because truly I believe that there's has to be a level of healing before you can even allow or be ready to receive a, you know, even as far as dating or uh, Mm -hmm. your second husband or, you know, like how, where are you? And do you know, can you even share what you've done or what you hope to do to get to that place? Absolutely. Um, I feel that as I may have shared, I think in the last, in the last time, or I've shared on my Thursdays that again, you mentioned it earlier, I finally see the trees and the color. Um, I think I'm on that, on that, the cusp of, of just really being healed and mm-hmm. being restored. Mm-hmm. And um, I've gotten to the place where, you know, um, I, I, I still love, you know, my ex-husband to be, and, uh, you know, we're still friends and we're still friendly to each right. other. Right. You know, we're co-parenting. So we're doing our best to, to keep it to co-parenting. So there's, there's, there's not that animosity that I used to feel or that, you know, mm-hmm. anger or um, just, just used to just be angry. I hate to say hate, hate, because I didn't hate him, but mm-hmm. there, there were some things about it that I hated and, yeah. and you know about that. Absolutely. And so, um, so to me, I kind of am working on the very thing that I think destroyed our marriage or caused our marriage to suffer. That's I'm working good. on not um, being, uh, what's the word, not being turned off by that, Mm. which I think is big for me. You know, I don't agree with it, but not, but it not getting me to the place where I'm just like, you know, like, I just can't handle it, you know, because, um, I don't want that to be a part of my heart. You know, I want there to be just some, just a very pure and fluid um, engagement, Yeah, if you will. Yeah. And so, so I am in that, I am in that process of healing and I just allowed myself and I've given myself the grace and the permission to be okay with things not looking the way I thought Mm -hmm. and to accept that God is always in control, in control regardless of how things turn out, that he is sovereign and our mistakes, our mishaps, our shortcomings, our disobedience, our unwillingness, our rigidity to, to, or disobedience, you know, God is the Lord of all of that. And so I had to, you know, humble myself, Mm. you know, I think, you know, learning to be humble and, um, which I still have a way to go in that because, you know, pride would want to say, you know, I don't want anybody to know, or I don't want anybody to, 
to hear what's going on, but to say, you know what, my life really doesn't look all that different from someone else's. Yeah. And it's just a matter of learning how to allow the word of God to make a difference and not be religious about it. Mm. You know, I didn't, I didn't put a label on what I thought my, my healing would look like or what my engagement with God would look like during this process. So you know, good. I didn't try to mirror what anybody else did. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to allow God to work in me how he did. Mm -hmm. And through that, you know, I was able to, or through him, actually, I was able to get to that place mm -hmm. of um, shifting Yes, and, and on the upswing. That is yeah. so good. And I love that it's because it's your own journey. And I, there's no cookie cutter for grief. There's no cookie cutter for loss. It, it affects people differently. I see that even in my own house where every, there's a, we have a family of five, all five are grieving differently. And mm -hmm. it's important to hold the space for your loved ones to grieve in a way that they grieve without right. judgment, without criticism, without needing it to fit into a box because, mm -hmm. you know, even overcoming certain things. It's like Adrian and I were able to, to get to a place of restoration in our marriage after um, infidelity because, and it was faster than some other couples. Some couples, mm -hmm. it took years. For us, it was within a year that we mm -hmm. were able to, to, so it just, it's, I think grief and loss is the same. And, and I feel like yeah. they're, the world has experienced grief and loss on such a magnanimous level in 2020 yes. with so much loss and yes. so much grief. And it was, it was ripped loss, the ripping kind of loss where they've yes. lost their job of 30 years or they've lost their home or, you know, they've lost a loved one and they couldn't say goodbye except for maybe on FaceTime, you know, like the yeah. loss and the effects of it are far reaching. And so we just, yeah. well, I just wanted to be able to have the conversation or start the conversation. So people yeah. aren't afraid to talk about it or to even talk about their experience and how they are moving through their, their grief journey because mm -hmm. everyone, it's kind of like a fingerprint, every single grief journey that you go through is going to be so different. There's no comparison. Yeah at all. And so yeah. um, what, what um, encouragement can you leave for our listeners who have gone through a divorce or going through a separation and um, on the way to divorce um, regarding the, the loss of something that they thought was happily ever after? right? Till death do us part. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yes, that's a, um, you know, that's something that I, that I, I think I'm probably just really coming to the place of, of accepting that um, the loss doesn't mean annihilated, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so good. Um, but that you know, where there is loss, and this is, this is the only way that I can, that I can express it in the way that I feel it. You know, whenever we make an investment, it's always risky, right? Yes. We know that. 
we know that it's risky. And so when we make the investment, we're all in, we give everything that we have. And guess what? We lose. And so many people are going to feel that tomorrow when it comes to the Powerball, because <laughs> only one person or several people may win and everybody else spent their money. But guess what? Mm-hmm. People are going to play again. Mm-hmm. Just like the stock market, people invest and that thing will crash, but people will what? They're going to invest again. So let me just encourage you for every loss, there is a reinvestment. Mm. And the first place to reinvest is in yourself. Because when you reinvest in you and getting back every bit of your vibe, your shine, just loving yourself, strengthening yourself, developing yourself, leveling up on you, just think of just how great the return is going to be from that investment. That to me right now is where I am investing in me and whatever that looks like, because everyone's investment is going to be different. Mm. You may be investing a thousand, you may be investing 5,000. You may only have a, a mite like that widow. Yeah. But here's the beautiful thing. It doesn't matter what amount the investment is. It's giving all that you have in that investment and watching the return come in mm. because Whatever you're going to give out, you are going to get back in. So continue to invest, continue to pour into yourself, continue to shine and be brilliant because baby, let me tell you, your day is coming for that return. Mm, mm, mm. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm so, so grateful that really just God brought our, our, not only our hearts together, but um, just even the, the anointing and the purpose that we have for women and for um, marriage and family and, you know, just even the different perspectives. And I, I love it. And so I'm so grateful that um, you are here with us and just are able to bring such fresh, real, raw experience to, to the process, to the separation, divorce process because it's a very real um, experience that women are going through and Mm -hmm. you know to be in your 40s or your 50s and going through a divorce you still have a lot of life left and you don't want to some don't want to spend the rest of their lives alone or I don't as right as a single mom or whatever so really being able to speak to the tilted crown that we all wear at one yes. one time or another in our lives yes. and knowing that but just because it's tilted doesn't mean that you're disqualified right come on now <laughs> it does not mean that listen it's about the heart like i was um walking down the street with 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 sky earlier and i saw something that said live the live a life you love Mm-hmm. Right. So we, we, why don't we live a life we love? It's because we count ourselves out. We tap out. Yep. We yep. stop believing. We stop fighting. We stop desiring. We think that, mm-hmm. oh, if I'm divorced, nobody's going to want me because I have two kids, three kids, 10 kids, whatever. And I'm over 40, over 50, over 60, over 30, whatever. That is yep. the biggest lie that yeah. 
that counts us out of the life that we love and that we yes. desire. I've witnessed, I'm, an, I'm a living testimony of living a life that I love. And I was married to my college sweetheart and love him still to this day and always will care for him. And I've married to, I've been married. This is, we're going to be 19 years this year to the love of my life. And it's like, wow, to have experienced that. I know that if that is what you desire, if that is what, if you're listening and if that is what you desire, God will do it for you too. Yes. Amen. Right? He will do it for you yes. too. But you've got to be open. You've got to do the work to go through the grief and the loss and the healing journey so that you can be available and ready to receive love from yes. the next man that God brings into your life that desires to marry you or just desires you to be his wife. And it's just so there's hope there and I see it and I hear it. And I'm excited to be on this journey with you to through this process, because, um, you are an amazing wife, an amazing wife. And you will be when you get remarried again. And so, um, any final words that you want to share with our listeners? I just want to say, first of all, thank you again, Chris, for this collaboration and opportunity to speak to your listeners and, and those who um, are connected to you, your tribe. I'm so blessed by it. I just want to say to those out there who are listening that don't lose hope in this process. Every day isn't going to, to feel like a shine or a brilliant day. You're going to have those days where you, you think about it again, it comes up. But I just want you to know this, stay on the path. Mm. Every path has a pothole, may have a ditch or whatever the case may be, but stay on the path. Mm. Smooth road is coming. Be encouraged, stay authentic, stay engaged, keep loving yourself, keep speaking to yourself and know that what you desire, you will see. Get married again. Yeah. I am. Awesome. It's going to be amazing. Yes. I love it. Thank you so, so much. Yes, Such thanks. a beautiful, um, just testimony. I feel your excitement. I feel the hope in and through you. And I'm so, and I'm hopeful that our listeners do as well and are encouraged by our conversation. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you thank so you. much. And love you. we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I hope that it was encouraging, inspiring, supportive, or just maybe it made you feel like you were not alone. And so thank you for joining me. If we are not connected yet, I would love to connect with you over on social media on Instagram at wife.wisdom. And we can connect there. Please DM me how the Wife Wisdom Podcast has encouraged you, how it has supported you, how it has been brought up aha moments for you. I read and value and cherish all of the testimonies that I receive from you. So please, please, please keep them coming. And if you have not already rated our podcast on iTunes, please do so. You would just go to iTunes. You could go down to the very first episode where it will say, write a review. And so by writing a review, it helps other women 
who are looking for the Wife Wisdom Podcast to find it. And so please rate and review our podcast and it helps other people to find uh, our, our different episodes. So again, thank you so much for not only joining, but continuing to share this with your family, your friends, your sister circle. I so appreciate you and value your consistent listenership. So have an amazing week and I look forward to connecting with you next week. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.